0: You're listening to Tavern Talks, a revolutionary podcast from Francis Tavern Museum. I'm Allie, Communications and Marketing Coordinator.
1: And I'm Mary, Programs and Events Assistant.
0: This week at the museum, we're celebrating Tavern Week with a special episode featuring the historic Nears Tavern in Woodhaven, Queens. We talked
1: to Nears owner, Loyce and Gordon, and Woodhaven historian, Ed Wendell, about the history of Nears
0: Tavern. Last year, when Franz's Tavern celebrated our 300th birthday, Nears Tavern celebrated their 190th birthday, which is pretty old even by New York City standards.
1: Even though New York City is easing on COVID-19 restrictions, we decided to play it safe and record this interview remotely. We hope you enjoy this episode.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Lewis and Gordon. I'm the owner of Historic Nearest Tavern.
3: Hi, I'm Edwin Dell. I'm the president of the Woodhaven Cultural and Historical Society.
1: I had a lot of fun looking up the history and everything you guys have been through the last couple months. Is...
2: Well, I'll uh, just to let you know, my key word is skip. Skip? <laughs> yeah, just Ooh, skip.
1: <laughs> we don't even have that one. Maybe we should adopt that.
2: I, I can't answer it. <laughs> skip.
1: I hope I don't get a skip.
2: Between, I guess we'll, we'll save the banter for the uh, recording. <laughs> I think I got, I, I'm a little off the cuff. So uh, excuse me, you can, I'm going to need uh, heavy editing, heavy editing.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that I've done worse. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. Let's start with our
1: first question, which is the basics of tell us about yourselves and what your connection to Near's Tavern is.
2: So, Ed, uh, why don't you go first? I think, you know, you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. I'm a lifelong resident of, of Woodhaven, Queens. And at a very young age, I became aware of Nears, even though I lived on, on completely the other side of the neighborhood. My dad used to go around and, and pick up union dues at the different bars. And he took me with him. And I, and I remember him telling me stories about that place. And then, as I grew up over the years, that was always just the 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 really old bar, and what it was everyone knew about it. It was it was really when I got involved with the historical society and, and Nears Tavern was uh, restored because it had closed down just as I had taken over the historical society. Uh, the, the bar had closed down for a short period of time, and then it reopened, restored as Nears. And, and at that point, it just everything just seemed to kind of merge merge together, and a really great relationship between Nears and the community has. Uh, has grown over, over the course of, 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 10 years. And, um, I was, I was just happy to be, you know, a, a, a small part of that.
1: It's such an important part of New York city. I find it's like small communities and enclaves and it's so classic New York, but almost so forgotten.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that kind of sums up nearest tavern. That's why it's been called the most famous bar you never heard of. I love that tag. Yeah, that moniker just kind of fit it. And it was one of these news stations um, that kind of said something similar. And I'm like, that's it. That's, that's what it is. Um, listen, uh, I'm just a guy that uh, just like some people bumped up on, on this place and it happened to be closing down. And I said, what a shame. Someone's got to do something about that. Right? Someone. Don't we all say that? Like someone's got to do something about that. And after two weeks, I'm like, come on, someone's gonna do something. The landlord, which was my friend at that time, said, yeah, it's just not happening. They can't pay rent. And, you know, I just gonna, I'm gonna sign a lease for this, um, uh, this bodega. And I was like, oh. now it gets to be like three days. And I'm like, someone's gonna do something, right? And then I said, well, I'll do something. <laughs> there it is. I, I, because of our closeness, he was able to stop um, that. And we, worked as partners to try to figure out this thing out. We brought together, come together and worked out a deal. And then the rest is just another 10 years, 11 years of history added to uh, Historic Nearest Tavern. But it was an adventure and it's still an adventure, especially during this crazy 2020 uh, that we've been having. I tell you something. During those eleven years, I think probably all of the eleven years, uh, Ed probably can probably correct me on this. Um, it's been a blur, but Ed Wendell has been by my side the entire time, the entire time trying to unearth a lot of the history, a lot of the character, culture, um, you know, that's just ingrained in the wood, the Honduran mahogany bar counter that's been there since near inception. Um, just, just he's been he's been there um just really uh unearthing all of this other stuff that i didn't know cuz i'm not a historian like you know um and so this guy has been one of the most um you know a uh, pivotal uh, uh people that's been there the whole time trugging along and uh for and that's why i really like him to uh you know we're like Buddies, you know, because <laughs> I'll always let, leave things out and he'll fill in the gaps and then he'll tell me, "Loy, OK, you're talking too much.
0: <laughs> hey, that sounds like me and Mary. Mary's um, I call her our F, uh, Francis Tavern Museum historian. I run the marketing department. Mary studies history. She's currently in grad school for history. She's our big historian. So that sounds very similar <laughs> to, uh, to our little back and forth.
1: It sounds like this, this morning she was posting our social media post and she goes, you wrote too much, I had to cut it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she maxed out Instagram. That's hard to do.
2: Wait a minute. I think we have like this, uh, it's very interesting. So you have my version of Ed Wendell. Like it's, 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 it's here. Yeah, we got, <laughs> you write too much. I talk too much. They can edit it down. and He's telling me, shut up. Okay. Let me just, you could cut it there.
0: <laughs> it all, it all seems to work out in the end.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> also, I love that you said all of those wonderful things about Ed. And not once did he say, Of course, thank
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> the whole screen there freezed for a while. I'm sorry. Oh no. I, I heard part of what Loy Lloyd was, was saying. I mean, they're very, very kind words, but you know, you, what you have to understand is A, as as a as a local a local historian, I don't call myself a historian because to tell you the truth, once I get outside the borders of my neighborhood, I really don't know very much.
1: I, I think that's a thing that everybody born and raised in New York is like, whereas I go to certain parts of Brooklyn, I'm like, I have no idea
3: where I am. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and what what we, what we do here is, uh, we, we called it uh, hyper-local uh, history. I mean, we're, 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 we're not only interested in the history of different, you know, locations, but there there's certain things that uh, people who, who live in the neighborhood would really understand. You know, you, you have your own, you know what it is when you're, you know, if you've lived in the same neighborhood a long time, and, and you're you're giving someone directions. You can tell them, say, well, it's where it's where that guy used to park over there and and, and sell the birdhouses. And everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. You know, the best kind of research you can do is just listening to people when they come up and talk to you. And I've had people come up to me and 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 start to to. I had some guy walk up there, uh, walk up to me at nears after a presentation to tell me. He said that he has a dead body in his yard. Okay. And he he said. Uh, I I, I said, "Well, uh, let me buy you a drink, and and, and we can find out more."
1: Ed Ed cracks his knuckles, pulls up his sleeves, and he's like, "Tell me."
3: Now it turns out, it turns out we're also our historical society was also restoring a. uh, We have a colonial era cemetery in the neighborhood, so we have a cemetery goes back to the uh, well, well. The the oldest one we have in there is 1793. The oldest stone we can read, but we know there's probably stuff older than that. Wow. This cemetery was pretty much unkempt for over 100, over 100 years now. And, and, and we've, we've been restoring it. We've been, we haven't been in there in a little while, but we, we, we have been working on it. But the thing is, the name of it is the Wyckoff-Snedeker Cemetery. Snedeker family was very, very big and involved in the race, the racetrack. Uh, in fact, Nears sits on Snedeker Avenue. And right at the base, there was the Snedeker Hotel. So this, this guy actually brought me some information that tied in with that Um, I get people coming up to me all the time. Nears is one of those places that people come come to talk history, you know, to to talk history.
1: Over a dead body and a (laughs) beer. I hope
3: that's true.
1: (laughs) We were gonna do a follow up Halloween episode now.
3: (laughs) There was no dead body in his yard, by the way. We did find the body though. We did find we tracked it down. It was it was buried in our cemetery, but she had been moved to Kew Gardens. And her tombstone ended up in someone's backyard. And for 70 years, everyone said, there's a body buried back there. <laughs> and they gave some really horrible reasons why there was a body buried back there. That's also the thing. I also say, you gotta listen to people. If you're a historian, you gotta listen to people. but you also gotta realize is, a lot of people don't know what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> so, so sometimes you gotta take what, what, what sounds correct and, and, and dig around a little bit. And then sometimes you'll have stuff and say, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll file that away." Thank you. <laughs> We've been very fortunate in our neighborhood in Woodhaven that we have a lot of uh, older institutions, a lot of businesses, a couple of them over a hundred years old, which is a rarity in, 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 a lot of, a lot of towns. And, and we have several of them, you know, it, it, they, they really get, uh, you know, when you, when you consider how long Nears has been around, um, you know, they're, they're babies, but some of them, uh, you know, some of them, you know, still are over 100, 100 years old. Coming in uh, to, to Nears Tavern, which, you know, just really the brief uh, history of, of where Nears is and what was across the street was that there was a racetrack that started there in, in 1821, and it was a huge mile-long racetrack. And if you look at the map of our neighborhood, you can kind of still see the effects of that racetrack all these, all these years later. And that racetrack brought a lot of people to, to Woodhaven, Queens. It brought a lot of people out here for these races between horses bred in the north and the south. Sometimes you'd have as many 90,000 people come out to Woodhaven for these races. So with people coming here for these races, what do they need? They need places to sleep. They need places to, to eat, to drink. So uh, everything around it—hotels, businesses—they all prospered because of that racetrack. The racetrack, when it when it died in the 1860s, um, it sat there empty for many years. During the Civil War, it was a Civil War camp right across the street from Nears, um, and then uh, eventually it was all it was all housing. And and throughout all that time, Nears was still there. I mean, if you think about it, on the day that uh, the stock market crashed in eight, in uh, 1929. Nears was 100 years old. So, I mean, you know, all this neighborhood built around it, but everything that, that cropped up because of the racetrack died away. Everything, everything is really, everything has gone except for one thing, except for, for Nears Tavern. So coming into this and worrying about the survival of it and, uh, and seeing the way they, that these guys came in. and And, again, I don't say a renovation. It was a restoration. It was done with love. It was done. A lot of care was put into it and and from the day they opened um, you know it became apparent that they wanted partners in the community and, and, and that, was, that was something that was really sorely needed and and over time uh, now that Loy is the the sole owner which and he has been for for a few years now um yeah. you know I've worked closely with with Loy over the years and we're 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 not we're we're not just like uh, civic people that know each other we're 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 friends we're you know we're, we're we we've spent New Years together, and 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 we uh, we 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 sing karaoke together, and and it's just been a real pleasure to be to be allowed to be part of this. You know, I mean, it, it's it it really is a very very special time in in, in our lives. That when we we're older, uh, hopefully, you know, still still around many years from now, going going in the years, but. I'll always remember these years as being extremely special because it's just been a, lot of, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride.
1: That's awesome. I feel the same way about Francis sometimes where I'm only a piece of their 300-year-old history, and I hope that when I move on, I did something to help impact it so that it lasts another 100 years, or I help it get remembered the way that it should, and you, you have this attachment not just to the building but to the soul of the building.
0: It's quite humbling to think about, I'm just one of thousands, millions of people that have walked through, that have worked in this place, that have like tried to help it succeed. It's just, it's so awe-inspiring and I'm just so grateful every day that I get to be part of that story.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, one of the things that's great about Frost's Tavern and the whole whole museum is just that that structure has been around since the inception of America you know, there's something special. And, you know, yeah, I know that we realize that we're probably a small part in some way of the larger history, whether it's 190 years, 300 years of the structure, but we're we're, we're a small part. But it's almost like I always say that we all have a part to play and we're all doing that. So mm-hmm. in the speck of 190 years with Nearest Tavern or... Or, or or any other historic institution like yourself, you know, we're playing our part. And, you know, this, this, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link. And so if we drop out as the link, you know, um, we break that chain. So whether that is a small part or a large part, it's still a link. It's going to be hard to keep it going if we drop out before passing that baton to that next employee mm-hmm. or that next, you know, owner or yeah. next preservationist of that history or, you know, so it's, it's, it, that's how I try to look at it, um, that we're just playing our part and as part of this growing, breathing, living history. Um, and it's, it's not, I, I look at this, you know, part of my motivation is, you know, there's tavern is never going to make me, uh, you know, wealthy. <laughs> it's, it's just not, it's just, it's just not, um, it's not an effective uh, financial use of my time. Um, so what else is it? Uh, because some things in life, I feel, are just worth more than money. They're just priceless. Uh, and that's part of it. We're doing priceless work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of it, value comes from, you know, the priceless work that's being done. And that's part of the, the history and the motivation for me getting involved with Nearest Tavern. Um, as best as possible and do whatever I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether I fail or succeed, I know that I've done the best that I can. And I've embarked uh, on a journey to bring other people along to discover it um, and and walk hand in hand with, you know, people like Edwin Dell that will help, you know, carry this heavy torch, you know. Uh, So it's been very interesting. And you, you know, Mary and Ali, you know, you guys are playing that part. Um, and, and that's, that's how I see it. That's just my thing.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Don't worry. We know. Yeah. You guys had a very interesting beginning of the year. I remember watching that going, oh my God.
0: Oh, we were so scared for
1: you. (laughs) Like we were another tavern museum going, what, like, can we, we, we do like, we're in a different borough going, this can't like, and then I saw the mayor stepped in at like, what was it? The last couple of days right before. Do you guys want to talk a little bit more about like, for those of you who don't know, who were living under a rock in New York City at the beginning of January?
2: I think, and hopefully maybe you'll be able to link to an article that Ed Wendell did, summed it up beautifully. I mean, just beautifully. When I read it, I think I read it two weeks ago because it was published in one of these other local magazines, I read it, it; just brings me right back to those days, and those days were, um, you know, a buildup uh, of years of trying hard, um, quietly, because, you know, it just it's a it's a burden you take up on yourself, and you feel like you're alone, and you know why I want to bother other people, until it came to that head. And I had to let it go and let people know that I've done all I can. I've done it with passion. I've done it with love. I with grace. And the reaction after that, it was like a slow build. Uh, before the, it was let out. Uh, Ed Wendell was there, and a few other people from uh, a Near's 190 committee we did, um, lead, leading to the uh, 190th year celebration, which was incredible. Um, and we had that small group there, and I just you know let them know. Um, I was choking back, you know. When things are priceless and it's not just you know black and white, you know, it gets really tough. It gets emotional. Um, if it was just like this black and white, yeah, we can't make the rent. All right, so too bad. <laughs> I think it'd be easier, but when um, it's it's a priceless thing, it was tough. And we, uh, I let I let everyone know, and uh, you know, unfortunately, it was uh, a, <laughs> it's not a dry eye there. We were all very destroyed.
3: Oh, it was it was very much like a, a, a death in the in the family and it was it was it was very much that atmosphere very, it was very surreal and it was just it was it was hard to know to know what to do and and there's that there's that photograph we all ended up taking a photograph and and it's when you look at that photograph afterwards everyone's face just looks like they've been punched in the stomach it was it was it's it's it's, it's i hate looking at the picture now because it reminds, me, it reminds me how we felt that night. And, uh, and I never want to feel that way again. And that, that was before
2: anything was let out. This was like, we knew, this was the end. Like, this was it. This was the, the death of Nier's Tavern. This was the death. And we're doing it quietly with a small group before we let the world know that, hey, Nier's is gone. I'm sorry. And I had to let people know. So the next day I sent out an email to our email subscribers and then post it on our social media, letting everyone know. After that, my phone never stopped ringing. I had hundreds, within the first 24, I had hundreds and hundreds of emails, uh, social media. All of a sudden, the, the media press just took it, ran, and we went from a local TV station to you know a, a bigger station. Then it went national. Someone told me, "Lord, you guys are in Chicago. I'm like, what? Uh, there was a lot of suggestions. Hey, we do a GoFundMe. Hey, we're going to come and just like protest outside. All these different things. Like, tremendous. Some people like, hey, i just give you 50 bucks. I don't have much money, but here's 50 bucks. And like, all these things. But I'm like, I wanted to, and even a guy from Facebook, he was a big executive that worked with Mark Zuckerberg, said, listen, man, I could, I'll pay the rent for you, you know, until we figure this out. Now, this guy's a big like tech executive. All these messages I had to say to myself, you know, what's gonna really make the difference here? Because why am I gonna I can't take people's money or effort and time knowing it's gonna go to someone or something that's not really gonna help. So this one thing this guy said to me, I said, This is it. This is it. It's time to call the mayor, and we got him. And with everything that's the New York Times article already coming out and everything, he said. I've heard. I've seen you all over the place and I've been thinking of what to do. I said, good. I need you to figure out how we can make this right. And so he took it and made it a personal agenda. Next thing you know, uh, he shows up and uh, we had a handshake deal and walked into Nears Tavern and made the big announcement. There was must have been thousands. I mean, it was just crazy. It was a mom house. It was just a mob so i I, I, I really want to just say that it was really a result of a community, people that care, that kept saying, "I've been meaning to go there. There' some value to that. This is a good reason to go there." And so they did, and so it ended up being just thousands of people throughout that weekend that we came, um, and it was a, it was we're going to a funeral, like you know what Edwin said, and that's what it was. Sunday was the funeral
3: you know that that day that 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 day when when i was heading over there and i had gotten the call that it was that it was saved and it was you know it was it was a definite it wasn't a rumor it was a definite and i and i went over there but i was told don't say anything and that's that's hard you know it, it's hard so you're you know you're walking in there and a lot of i had friends who would who would drop by there and I walked in and I I could see that look on their faces. It was the same look in the photograph that I was talking about a few minutes ago. And when I, and when I, when I walked in there, I I really had a very hard time because, you know, now they're all depressed and I'm really on top of the world at that moment. And I've got to walk in like, "Ah," because I can't say anything and it's really hard. And, you know, I'm having, I'm having a drink and everyone's talking about, Oh, that's it. I'm coming back on Sunday. Oh, I don't want to be here. Oh, I can't take the emotions and stuff. And I'm sitting there and I can't say a word. And that went on for the next couple hours. And as I'm walking back and forth through the bar, I'm getting people, hey, I'm hearing rumors that it's been saved. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, it hasn't been. It hasn't been. It hasn't been. I I just absolutely did. I wanted to be, I, I did not want to say the wrong thing. You know, I was nervous, but I made one exception on that. Uh, local gentleman, he's with our historical society for a long time. He's a good friend of Lloyd Gordon, Mr. Allen Smith. He's, uh, I guess, he's in his mid-eighties. Been around forever. He, he is, he is the Woodhaven historian. He's a Queens historian and really good guy. And he came there that night and, and he walked in. And as soon as he walked in, I took him aside and I said to him, "I said, you know, can you hear me?" I'm like whispering, in, "Can you hear me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I, and I told him, I said, "It's been saved." And inside, I just, I feel his head, like, shake. And he just started crying on my shoulder there. I mean, it was just, both of us started crying. And it was just, it, it, everyone looking at us just thought we were really sad. <laughs> so it worked out. But it was, it was really one of those happy moments that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life.
1: That was, I, f- <laughs> I have no words. Like, I feel, Yeah. I, and I'm, I, I can't imagine the feeling that, that last night when you had to lock up the tavern of just like how heavy that was and then going through that roller coaster. Like I would have been a mess. I would have been on the floor and been like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna live under the bar. I'm gonna drink myself to sleep and this is the end of it. So I like, I I <laughs> I, I am speechless, which does not happen. <laughs>
2: To anyone that's listening out there, I think one thing that I've learned or to learn is that you need to find someone to be able to confide in. and That's how we solve the world's problem, by coming together and sharing each of our different ideas. Um, that has been the single most important thing. And so all people that listen and love historic bars and taverns and things like that, you know, you have a voice, you have resources, you have an idea, you can volunteer. Write a review, a positive review, if you think you would like it. Uh, bring a friend to, you know, France's Tavern, because together we can conquer it all. I really believe that community can conquer it all. And that's the direct result of Amir's Tavern being saved. Yeah,
3: there's
1: a very big overarching theme of that doom and gloom of right now of that New York City is over and it's dead and everybody's leaving. But you've got two of the oldest structures in New York City going, "Uh uh-uh, no way. We're not going anywhere. Uh Uh-uh, we've been here forever.
0: We got plans. We got plans.
2: We got plans. That's it. Can we, can we hashtag that? We got plans.
0: A big thank you to Loy, Ed, and the Nears Tavern team for sitting down with us and talking about their amazing history and helping us celebrate Tavern Week. Be sure to pay them a visit.
1: We have some exciting news. As of today, September 16, 2020, Francis Tavern Museum is open to the public. Our new hours are Wednesday through Sunday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m.
0: Visit our website, francistavernmuseum.org, for more information on purchasing tickets and our health and safety policies.
1: This has been another great episode of Tavern Talks. Thanks for listening.